he did. It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from RDub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 51. And we don't have Rico at the moment, although he may join us a little bit later in the show. But luckily, I do have Mr. Marico. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good this evening, Rich, and yourself. Just dandy. A little warm, getting a little riding in. And, of course, we're going to be talking about an awesome ride I had on that glorious FJ09 and a whole bunch of news coming out lately. So that's what we've got. Yeah, I'm ready to hear about that because, you know, we really haven't talked much about that. You've been kind of keeping it under, uh, sandbagging me a little bit. <laughs> keeping it quiet, keeping it quiet. Not not sharing much information. Hmm. I'm saving it all for the show. That's that's how I roll. Yeah, like the spider little episode that I did. Indeed. You're, you're like the secret master now. It's unbelievable. I, I had to do that to you guys. It was good. It was good. All right, well, keeping with tradition... And because it is hotter than you know what. Hot? Really? I think a Sam Adams summer ale is just about proper for tonight. What do you think? Oh, man, that sounds pretty delicious. I know know how much you love your Sammies. Sammies are good, yeah. And I think we've talked about it before. I used to live in the Boston area about 10 years ago, so become an old favorite when we were up that way. So you got a beverage, my man? Yeah, see? Listen to this. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice, the can. There you go. Yeah, I got my, uh, you know, downstairs got some uh, red wicked apple ale. So good man. What's the uh, ABV on that one? Eight percent. Oh, get away from the controls, my man. Get away from the controls. Hey, you put me in control tonight. You know, you told me I had to do this since Rico was off gallivanting. I don't want to be hearing any of this. I would never do anything like that. That's you. Yeah, so just a quick Rico update. We mentioned on the last show that that he's making a pretty substantial move and he's going to be quite busy for the next couple of weeks. So we're just kind of playing it by ear. We're not sure you know, when he's going to be able to break away and, and when he's not. But he actually hasn't left as of yet. He's hanging out in Atlanta for a couple of days and, and we might actually get him to call in here in a little bit. So depending on what happens, we may have an appearance from the princess. We can, we can say that on air, right? The princess. Yeah, yeah, we can call him the princess. I I think he's okay with that. And I I'm I'm going. To, it's going to be. Uh, hopefully, we can fill in, make everything great for everybody. Yeah, since he's not here, I think I can get away with that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. So uh, you know, I hear we got this big challenge coming up here starting Monday. Rich, are you ready for it? I'm ready. Motorcycle podcasters challenge. We've talked about this. Starts Monday, August first, and we're going to run that for the entire month. It is a friendly challenge between ourselves here at Loud Pipes, probably just John and myself for this round, and the motorcycle men, Ted and Tim, I think for sure. Chris is is a maybe at this point, but we'll have at least those two guys. And then we have Kevin and Larry over at the Throttled Podcast. So looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be a fun little challenge for everybody to join in and, and see who can do what and the best. But I do have to agree, it might be a little warm for us. Yeah, the heat the heat's going to be a challenge. I know Kevin's probably got it the worst. It's a little bit hotter even yet in Alabama than it is here. But still, it's not going to be a cakewalk for us either. It was 102 today. Yeah, and I think I even got a little hotter than you looking at the temperature because since I think I'm I'm hotter than you, I saw the map sometimes watching your weather. I think you're a little cooler than me because you're a little closer to the mountains. I am cooler than you. I'm glad you said it, though. Thanks, man. No problem, man. (laughs) No problem. Uh, And the good folks over at Eat, Sleep, Ride are going to help us out with this challenge. And it looks like there's going to be a daily post update. Yep, it does. So there's a, I guess, is it technically a blog post or a write-up? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be some comment post, uh, a feature post. Yeah, so blog, yeah. Yeah, but the post, I think it's called a story in the app. So... 
We have a story up on Eat Sleep Ride, and in the comment section, they're going to add to it daily with just sort of a, an accumulation of who's racked up points for that day. Uh, John will be doing the needful and keeping the stats off to the side, and we'll have a running tally over on uh, MotorcyclePodcastersChallenge.com as well, so be sure to check that out. And of course, they can follow us on our Eat Sleep Ride app if they like. I know some people have started following me, I think, that listen to the show, and they have. You know, thanks for joining. Yeah, it's a pretty nice platform. I mean, we talk about Eat Sleep Ride all the time, but I use it daily. I go out, I get a lot of my news, and, and motorcycle reading is actually done on Eat Sleep Ride. So my sort of my Twitter feed and other stuff on the internet is sort of becoming secondary at this point. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a neat place to hang out. Yeah, and a real quick comment on Eat Sleep Ride. I'm not sure if you watched the uh, our hangout from the uh, from the vloggers that they had on Bacon's Broken Bits, but uh, was posted um, on his app during the tail. Um, it recorded that he did 297 miles an hour. I'm not sure if I told you that last time. Yeah, I think I think either you or Matthew mentioned that for the yeah. 50 show. Yeah, it, yeah, I can't remember. Sorry if I'm repeating it, but you know, no worries. That's a good accomplishment. I'd brag about that too. Yeah, I have on on a Harley um, road glide. In fact, good man. All right, John. We think new topics. Yeah, we should. I, what we got new on tight tap tonight, Rich? Hold on, new topics coming through. See, it's been a while since we fired up all the sound effects, so we've got to get it all in. Yeah, we do. You put a lot of hard work into that. So the Yamaha FJ09. Man. Is it one fast machine? You know, my kind of my opening comment will just be it's a very interesting package. The okay. way the way this thing works together is is really interesting. So uh a little a little history trip first. So um actually you know what I totally forgot. I wanted to mention this earlier. Um, I was on the Throttled podcast this week with Kevin as a guest host. So I sort of previewed the ride there earlier this week. Yeah, you, you did that. You did join him, didn't you? That was good. Since, that, uh, Larry was out. How, how did you enjoy being a uh, co-host? It was fun. Yeah, and it was nice uh, being able to just talk and not have to do any editing or posting. It was, it was kind of fun just to you know end the show and go to bed. <laughs> it was kind of pleasant. But it was nice, episode 40 for Kevin. So uh, be sure to check out the Throttled Podcast, episode 40. That was interesting. And we'll have a link in the show notes as well. Yeah, that was cool. Glad you could help him out. So yeah, sorry. Back to my history trip. And just a quick reminder. So I started my riding on a KLR 650. That's the that's my first bike. And I, I still have it today. Still licensed and road legal. Spent about eight years on that. That was my daily ride for a long time. It was my dirt ride. Kind of went everywhere. Then in 2007, got my Softail Deuce, which I sort of drooled over for I don't know how many years. Got out of debt, saved money, sort of bought my dream bike. And that's what I've been riding for the last seven, almost eight years. Is my, is my math right on that? 2007 to 14 would be seven years, so eight, nine years. Nine years, you've been riding a bad boy. Uh, next year will be 10 there, my friend. Oh, my goodness. A decade for the mistress. Yeah, she's a 10-year-old woman. And mistress is a name given to the bike by my wife, not me. So, Oh. So no hate mail there. <laughs> Ooh, she calls it the mistress, huh? Yeah. Oh. So that's kind of my riding history. And what I've been looking for is, you know, Rico got his, his big boy, Roadmaster, and he likes to go out and tour with that thing. And I just can't keep up with that kind of riding on the deuce. And he, even John. John's probably got longer legs with the spider than I do. Yeah. So part of this ride is just trying to find something different. It's like, okay, I need something with a little more touring set up. So it's got to be comfortable. It's going to have to have some sort of proper luggage system and some sort of wind management, let's call it. And then the other thing... I want it is I want something more sporty. So yes, I like my deuce. It's plenty fast enough, but when it comes to the corners, you know, handling and braking department, it's uh not the best we could say. Doesn't, doesn't handle very well, huh? Yeah, it's no sport bike, that's for sure. Going back to our talk about when we went to the dime back, I couldn't keep up with Rico on the on the spider. There I mean, 
you know, if we got no head to head, you know, it's done, but he can just ride the wheels off of bike and yeah, there's no way I can keep up with him. Well, you will eventually you'll, you'll get there and you know, you'll be just as, just as quick as that. Yeah. I know going back, talking about going through the tail, the dragon, I know, um, Wolf talked about how I was, you know, whipping through the turns and I didn't, I guess I was in the zone that day and I was just going. <laughs> yeah. So that was part of the motivation for riding this bike. And then the second motivation, and I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago is, uh, one of our patrons suggested that I, I check it out because he has the, the European version, which is the MT-09, if I'm right. getting my, my alphabet soup correct. And in the U.S., it's an FJ-09. So that's, that's the two motivating factors, and that's what kind of set me out onto the ride. What's your first impression of it, my friend? First impression, I was kind of surprised when they pulled the bike out, and I got a look at sort of the overall stance of it it's a really cool looking bike this one was all black had carbon trim had just the faintest amount of red uh, in the striping and the lettering so it's mostly like a blacked out bike black wheels like i said some gloss back black paint on the tank some carbon fiber looking bits on it and some of the pieces are sort of matte black as well just just a good looking machine i was surprised that was kind of my first surprise was how good i thought it looked just at a distance. Cause you know how I am with the bike, right, John, I come back yeah, and yeah. You, you sit there and Ooh, yeah, I have a good ride and I sit there and I, I'm like, Oh, I look over the bike and that's how you know you're on the right bike, by the way, if anyone's curious. Okay. So I'm standing there thinking, dang, I'm like, this is a good looking bike. I kind of went in with the, the mindset that, well, yeah, it's going to be fast. It's a sport bike, et cetera, et cetera, set up for touring. But I wasn't expecting to look at it and be like, Huh, that's a good looking bike. So that was the first surprise. That was very nice. Sweet. And the second surprise is the noise. Okay. So it's a triple. All right. It's an inline triple, and it is a, a cross plane crank, which I did a little research and I've been saying it wrong all along with the Yamaha R1. I've been saying it has a flat plane crank, which it does not. Um they I guess they used to be flat plane and now they're cross plane due to some change they did when they were testing during racing times and now i guess yamaha makes them all that way and that this cross-plane configuration so well that's some good research you did but yeah it was neat so the bike the, the platform of the fj09 starts from the fz series which is essentially a naked sport bike so you've seen rico's r6 right i have with all the the body work on it you know very much uh like a race look race bike if you will so the FZ is basically, you know, you take the race bike and you take the body work off it. And that's, you know, why they call it a naked bike. So this FZ platform is where it started. And then this is the second version off that platform set up more for, for touring, light touring. You know, you sit more upright. It's got more of a windscreen. You can get hard luggage for it. it has hand guards as well, which were pretty cool. I didn't think I was going to like those, but I did. And that's just the second iteration on that platform. They have a third one. The The model of it escapes me at this point. But they do have a third one as well, which I don't know much about. But there are three different bikes that use this triple, um, this nine about 900cc triple. Okay. And, oh, John, what a noise this thing makes. <laughs> so that was surprise number two, you know, how pleasing the sound of this thing was. Right. It wouldn't be the Super Tenere's. Would it be using that uh, inline three? No, I, I think the Tenere uses a big twin, if if I'm not mistaken. I don't think that uses a triple. Um, well, give me a second. I'm sure you'll find out while I continue to rant. The sound, I had a nice little surprise at the end. So if you watch the video, so the other thing is I did a ride video with a couple of GoPros, and that's up on YouTube for everyone to see. But it actually makes a nice little burble when you let off. Okay. So if you're kind of like hanging the RPMs for a few seconds and then you roll out of it, as it's decelerating, the exhaust makes a little burble at the end. And I absolutely love that on the deuce. I mean, I say it cackles because of all the popping and cracking and snapping that it makes under deceleration. Yeah, I know what you talk about. Sometimes on a spider, when I downshift it, kind of, you know, got a little Yeah, pop. yeah, you hear a couple of little pops and little crackles, you know, as you're decelerating. So I heard, started hearing that at the end of the ride on the FJ. And, oh, you, you have to watch the video to hear my expression. I was like... Wow, it's like, where was that noise all day? Right. So yeah, surprise number two, uh, how pleasing the sound was. And that motor, 
man, it just pulls. It's got torque down low. It revs to like 13 or 14,000 RPM, which was hard to get used to. I must say, you know, having, having a bike with that wide of an RPM band was, this took some getting used to because I was shifting it like right in the middle and then realizing, yeah, I have 6,000 more RPM that I can twist this thing. Right. And, and I noticed one thing with the review of the Spider, they talk about how it likes to run at, you know, 5,000. So it's really hard to think mm-hmm. about, you know, because I always think about a car, you know, lower RPMs, you want to keep it so you get better fuel economy. But, you know, everything on Spider is like, no, you want to run at the high RPMs, it likes it. Yeah. So, so you got to, you know, keep it up there. And you said the same thing about Rico's um, R6 there, where it has to be up in RPM range. Otherwise, it doesn't like it. Yep. Yeah. And the, the dealership, um, this was T over at Matthew's Fun Machines. He was telling me the way they've tuned this for the FJ, it's not as aggressive as the FZ. So on the FZ, it really wants to be rung up into the higher RPMs. But they've, they've sort of tuned it a little more for torque. So this one is happier to just ride around in that, you know, four or 5,000 range without much of a fuss. Okay. So yeah, um, surprised with the looks, surprised at how much I enjoyed the sound. And the third sort of surprise, we'll call it, or the, or the pro was a comfort. It was very comfortable. All right. The upright ride was reminiscent of my KLR. Maybe, maybe a slight lean forward, not, not much, but just a slight lean forward. Um, but very comfortable where, where my arms were placed just about perfect. Uh, my feet were just about perfect. Uh, I don't know what I would do on a long haul, you know, if I'd need to move around a little bit, but I was on it for 40 minutes and it was fine. Right. That's kind of like, uh, you know, the spider. I'm not sure if you sat on the spider. I don't think you did. I think you got the same scenes that I have on the spider. Kind of slight little lean, but not much. Yeah. Your feet are under you, but they're not behind you. Yep. You know, like in a full tuck sport bike, um, they're basically yep. just straight under you. And a couple of times on the bike, on the video, you'll see I stand up and, you know, it was effortless. And I, I kind of missed that from the KLR days, just being able to stand up and stretch even when you're going down the road. Yeah, like I did on the Spider. It was nice. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And that's probably how you could fit yourself while you're going down the road. I know they don't like you doing that, but that's one way to do it. Um, not sure if you could do anything with highway pegs or anything on that to kind of move your feet forward for you. Yeah, I'm sure you could add them. You know, it's probably something you could add, but but it was like I said, it was comfortable enough there. I could probably move around in the seat. There was several inches that I could move forward or back in the seat if I wanted a little more reach or if I wanted to be a little closer to the controls. I certainly had that as well. So ergonomics were good. The you know switches were all easy to manage, but I did, doesn't have self canceling turn signals. I was like, really. Wow. I miss that. That's I love that on a Harley. You just tap the button, make your turn, and forget about it. It just shuts off after a while. Okay. So I don't know how many times I just left the turn signal on or, you know, you hear me griping in the video about having to turn it back off. So so, so that'd be one of your uh, cons to the bike, huh? Yeah, it's minor, but come on. Self-canceling turn signals. That's right. did, it have, did it have cruise control? I don't know. It might. <laughs> I didn't use it. <laughs> but I, I've... The only thing I played with electronics-wise was just kind of the the engine modes. You know, it has a standard mode, uh, performance A mode, and then a B mode, which is more for like wet, you know, wet riding. It kind of detunes it a little bit. Okay. So that was pretty neat. I mean, plenty powerful enough in the standard mode. The, the A mode did seem to make it a little sharper in the throttle, you know, a little more responsive, but that's about all I noticed. I noticed it seemed to shift easier. Maybe that's because I was, I was revving the snot out of it in the A mode. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like this. So you know, it doesn't come. Looks like it comes with um, cruise control. Cruise control. Yeah, that would be a nice thing. I guess that's going to start pushing up the price. The other thing that's really attractive about this FJ is it's ten thousand five hundred, brand new. Yeah, I think I found one cheaper for you the other day. And you didn't found I? a nice used one, yeah. But that's an unbelievable deal. For the yeah. for this amount of hardware, I mean that triple is just superb. The noise that comes out of that, the way it pulls, um, it's easy to ride around town. I took it, even took it through a couple of big parking lots. Very easy to ride, low speed, likes to pull, likes to go fast. Handling was super super nimble compared to my Deuce, and comfortable. You know all that for ten fives. 
Unreal, unreal. So I uh, have another question for you, my friend. Sure thing. It has a windshield. Was it ready to stay on or did it have to come off? <laughs> no, it didn't go in the woods. <laughs> so that tells you it's okay, right? That it does. Um, they said it's got a three-position setting. So it, I had it in the lowest setting, and then it can go up 30 millimeters more each time you click it. So I, I didn't mess with it. I just left it all the way down. And on the highway, it was it was decent. There was no physical buffeting of the helmet, although I could hear it. The air was very disturbed going around the helmet. Right. But it, it didn't shake the helmet, or at least not in a noticeable manner. But it was very noisy. I could... I could just hear it like basically if you kind of like put your hand up to the side of your helmet, the air was like right there. Okay. So I could certainly hear that the air was unhappy, but it wasn't beating me up. So maybe the windshield needs to go up a little bit more for the highway and, and smooth that out. But I was fine. I rode it up to, you know, let's say a, a healthy speed on the interstate and it was fine in terms of buffeting. Now, now the windshield does flex, I noticed. Right. So it was moving around a little bit. That was distracting. Not as much as mine, but it, this is a very narrow uh, windscreen as well. So, Yeah. I know on, on the Spyro, since I've done the aftermarket one, um, I don't feel as much pressure on my chest and I don't have much wind, but you know, kind of talking about the riding in the summertime here, the sport one might be coming back out Yeah, to get me some air. So yeah, and I fully expect for this price... I fully expect an aftermarket windshield, probably a seat of some sort, and maybe even some additional luggage. This one had luggage on it, but it doesn't come with the bags. So the dealer okay. had had mounted hard bags on the side for their demo, uh, but it does not come with the bike. It's about I think it's about eight hundred dollars for the bags, and it's like another one fifty for the hardware, uh, something like that. And they might have a top case. I'm not sure, but at, at least from Yamaha, I, I didn't see that. Right. Maybe you could do something with soft bags on the back that would allow you to put them on the back just temporarily instead of the hard ones. Yeah, something to that throw might over. save you yeah. save you a few dollars. That that's what I'm planning on doing with a spider. So I think on this bike, I'd probably get a hard top case and right. just just go with that, and then throw the soft ones on if you need more for a trip. Right. So, were there any other cons you had with the bike, there, sir? You know, my only real beef with it was. The non-canceling turn signals, which I, I know sounds minor, but when you're riding around town, that wears on you after a while. Um, the windshield was okay. I, I see that's probably going to need some work. And the seat, although it's not really a con, it was quite firm. Not okay. un- not uncomfortable, but it it was firm. And it might change after you ride it a while, get the seat broken. It might kind of switch out. Yeah, uh, of all the bits on the bike, the seat, seem to be the most in the sport bike world because it was very flat and very firm. Okay. You know, and it has like that little lip at the back, like where the passenger would sit. So kind of like when you, when you whack the throttle, you don't go off the back of the bike (laughs) kind of thing. Right. I guess the other thing was the right side foot peg, there's some sort of little guard up on top of the exhaust. Okay. And I, I caught my boot on it several times. Just, you know, putting my feet down at a stop and bringing my feet back up. I caught that several times, and I think I make comment about it in the video, too. Okay. That's kind of like when I was riding the uh, Harley Street Street 500 during my um, class. Yeah. And I kept have, having a problem. I felt something when I pulled my foot up. And come to realize I was bringing my foot in too far, and I was bringing up the foot peg. Oh. I was going to say you were probably hitting the exhaust pipe on the right side. No, I'm sorry, I was on the left side when I brought my foot up, it would have the issue. So I always thought the kickstand was coming back up. Huh. So. Yeah, that's really the only other, like, things that bothered me. I mean, everything else was fine. I thought the handling was was really nimble. I couldn't really find many twisties, so I didn't really get to do much of that. I found a couple little ones, but, you know, handling the handling department seems to be, you know, very much sport bike. But the suspension, I will also note, has a lot of travel. And it's pretty soft. And I don't know. I'm sure you could tune that. You know, maybe some additional preload or something, or maybe some heavier springs. But I did notice, like, like sitting at a light a few times, I kind of like locked the brake and then rocked forward and back. And I was surprised at how much travel this thing has in the suspension. 
Um, but that's good for ride, you know, in the long haul. So here's a question for you. Yeah. While riding it, did you put a smile on your face? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I think I, I'll sum it up like I did with, with Kevin on, uh, on Throttled. If I had 10.5 in my pocket that day, the spike would already be in my garage. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so here's the next little tidbit. Since we do have a couple of new listeners listening to the show, like Wendy, would you recommend it to a new rider? Or no. would it be too much bike? Probably not, no. Okay. Well, depend how new. Like in their first year, probably not. She'll probably have something different. Okay. Some okay. used. <laughs> Just asking this question. And then, then my next little one. Yeah. Since you, uh, if you had this bike in your garage, if you took it home, which one would you take to Barber? If this was in the garage next to the two that I own? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the FJ goes to Barber, no doubt. Oh, so you leave to miss yourself home. Yeah, on a trip like that, that's an easy one. That's an easy one. See, and, and here's the problem. And this is what I was talking, who was I talking to yesterday about it? I forget. If I had this bike, all right, sorry, I got to take a half step back. <laughs> I'll stop short of saying this is going to replace the Harley. Right now, I'm saying that's not going to happen. But if I had the money, like I said, I would already own it. Now, the second problem would be if I owned it, how often would I ride the Harley once I have this? That's my dilemma. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that leaves you three bikes in the, in the stable. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I know you have your love for your KLR, but I think you'd have to part with something. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it this way. So I, I've kicked around the idea with Rico of, of buying his R6 since he may not, oh. he may not want to transport that oh that that's a little i think that's a little dangerous for you well well well, but hear me out hold on so that would give me the light adv dirt bike with the klr i still have my cruiser with the harley cruiser slash touring bike at the moment and i got the r6 when i want to get my speed on Uh, i think you're asking for trouble on that one but that's my pain and that still leaves room in the garage for a touring bike Ouch. Mm. <laughs> no, but okay. so, so here's, like I said, here's my dilemma. If I bought this bike, the deuce would have to go and I'm just not ready to part with it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not ready to leave. I'm not ready to let my Harley go, but I'm afraid if I had the FJ and the Harley, I would ride the FJ all the time. Well, except, except when I want to go, you know, be a badass and tear it up. You know, I would think if I was in your shoes, I'd get rid of the KLR because I don't think you ride that one a lot. But it's not worth anything. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. See, the Harley is at least worth something, right? If I sold that, I could get a brand new FJ almost outright. Right. Or I could get a used one, put a little money in my pocket. Well, I also think that maybe what you need to do is keep shopping. To see what else is out there. Yeah. Because so, I know there's a couple other bikes on your list. <laughs> there certainly are. Yeah, because now I want to try the big one. Now I want to try the FJR 1300 and the Kawasaki Concourse. I want, I want those two, you know, in the saddle to say, okay, do I need the big, big sport touring bike? And then that starts getting you down into modus territory in terms of size. Right. But not price. Not, no, not, no, not even close to price. I am close. Right. right. Okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm, 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 I haven't watched your video yet. I haven't. Work was kind of a slam today. So I'm hopefully to get around and sit down and watch your video and see your reviews. So yeah. I recommend everybody else check it out because I know how good you do on your reviews. Yeah. It was a, the bike really surprised me. I, I want to thank Rickard, um, our patron over in Sweden, for recommending this bike and suggesting that I get out and, and take it for a ride, and I also want to say, damn you. <laughs> Boy, it yeah. was good. It was good. Yeah, you can't forget to thank the guys over at Matthew's Fun Machine for letting you take a little ride out on the demo. Absolutely, yeah. We didn't get to see our buddy Jim May. He was he was sent out on a delivery or a pickup. I'm not sure which, but he was out all day, but I'll hook up with him at some point. And the, the gentleman, T, who I was speaking with, 
Uh, we might get him on the show at some point. It turns out he's a former road racer. Oh, sweet. That'd be pretty cool to talk to. Yeah. So we were talking about, you know, Charlotte Motor Speedway and kind of their infield track. And it's like, well, why don't they, you know, why don't they race on the infield anymore? And it turns out there was some fatalities over the years. So that's, that's why they don't do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> kind of ends that. Yeah. So uh, if you're ready, I hear there's a Indian has added some new to their bikes. Indian. Yes. Yes. So are they trying to? compete with the big boy yeah i was hoping mr hogan would be here for this one because i i sent him this link and he was like oh man <laughs> so it looks like indian touring bikes are going to get a touch screen um a la harley street glide road glide ultra treatment and i don't know i don't know what to say about it because you know we talked offline john <laughs> i don't really like the idea of fiddling with that screen to begin with but i guess they kind of had to do it because harley offers it so when you're when you're shopping, you know, you when you're going down and checking off the boxes when you're shopping, you're like, oh, well, this one's got navigation and touchscreen and all this other stuff. Indian doesn't have that. So I understand why it may be needed from a market standpoint, but as a rider, I don't like the idea. And I I, I know you said the same thing. Yeah, I kind of have um, you know, I've set a a RAM mount on my phone on the spider with a with a phone to kind of do some stuff. And yeah, when I was coming back last Sunday, I was fiddling with it, trying to get music playing and it's distracting a little bit to mess it there, mess with it. And that's kind of why I kind of enjoy the center. You know, you kind of talk commands. It's, you know, not far. You're not, you know, you're not taking your eyes off the road. You just reached up and hit some buttons to right. do stuff. And I'm watching a video to, of the Indian and the guy's changing his radio and you have to look down, touch the screen, hit, hit the volume, change the button. It's like, that's a little, I know in a car it's different or not as it's kind of different, but yeah, on a bike, I mean, you need to watch where you're going. Yeah. Now some of the controls obviously they have on the bars. So I think your more common things, probably like your volume, changing the channel, you know, moving to function stuff. And right. you probably, okay. you can probably navigate the whole menu from that uh, five position control they have, Okay, you know, you know, left, right, up, down, plus the center button. Right. Excuse me. At least that's how, you know, Harley has that. They've got Harley's the little um, nav point right at your fingertips. You don't have to take your hands off the bar. Yeah. That, okay. Now I'm seeing it over here on the handlebar. It looks like maybe they have a yeah. touchpad or a five um, way position and some volume buttons. So maybe that's what it is. But I almost so. wish. Well, okay. Maybe I don't wish. I mean, because stupid people are going to do stupid things. Let's just let's just put that out there. But you almost wish there wasn't the touchscreen part. Right. Because just, you know, there's going to be that temptation to just reach up and just start fiddling. And I I just don't, I don't like that. Thank you. That, that puts a really weird feeling in my stomach when I start thinking about that. Well, I'm watching now the video on the website about the handlebars controls. And there was some controls they do have on, on the right hand or left hand yeah. control to do stuff. So yeah. I, I'm wrong about that. So a little bit. So yeah, like I but said, you're right about the touchscreen. Yeah. I think they had to do it, you know, to compete with Harley. And the only thing that's kind of a fail on it, and that's why I, I wanted Rico here to chime in because, you know, he stares at the Roadmaster screen more than I do, is I don't think they got it right with the styling. Okay. it To me, it looks terrible. The way it's in the center and the way the plastic, I don't know, the plastic surround to me doesn't look right. And I don't like the gauges. The way, they, I don't know, just to me... I really liked the display on the Roadmaster and the Chieftain the way it was. They had a nice little screen in the middle that gave you a lot of information, but it was, there was no touchscreen to it. Okay. I don't think it had navigation either, but that's, you know, kind of who cares, at least for me. But the way they put this screen now prominently right in the middle with basically it's the commanding part of the dash and now the gauges are kind of like secondary off to the side. I'm like, uh, it's to me, that's, that's a, that's a fail. I think the, the aesthetics of it and the console is a fail. The tech is cool. Great. They had to do it, but visually, I think, I think the Harleys are still done better the way the screen is there. You can use it. You don't have to use it. The gauges are still front and center. So that's, that's just my right. take. And maybe that's a styling thing, right? Maybe I've just, I'm not digging the style. So that's why I would, Hope Rico could chime in on that. 
Well, next time we get him on, we'll have to get his input and come back to it and circle around and get his opinion of it. And I'm sure he'll be happy to give it. <laughs> well, we'll take his opinion whenever he gets it. He seemed excited when I sent it to. I sent him the link, and it was like five seconds later. He's like, "Oh man!" He's like, "No, I'm going to have to get that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess it, he's excited about it. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to catch up with him later on that one. But you know, going back to the Throttle Podcast, you guys touched on the new victory lineup. We did, and of course, the interesting thing is there's really nothing new, but. Seems to be like color changes. There may be some small feature changes. I certainly didn't notice anything either from the press release or from the website. But the interesting thing is no no touchscreen for victory. So the Magnum and the cross country and all those did not receive that treatment. And to me, that's okay when I think about it because victory, as we know, is speaking to me. I like the Magnum, like the cross country, and I love the Magnum X1. But I think what I like about it is the simplicity. Right. I mean, their, their dash is just all business. It's basically tack, speedometer, and a small display to give you, you know, some basic information or supplemental information. Just like the Spider. Yeah, it's all secondary, right? It's just, it's just more about the ride. And I actually kind of like that. I like that because cause here's what's going to happen. You're going to have people that don't want any of that stuff. So right. if, if you were rip-roaring to go by a Roadmaster, and that's now standard on those bikes, if you don't want that touchscreen, it's like, tough too bad. That's how it yeah. is. Yeah. You got to take it or leave it. Yeah. Now, on the Harley side, they have two different ones. They have two different systems. They have a smaller screen system right? Uh, that, that doesn't have all of the, the fancy-spancy stuff, but then they have the bigger touchscreen um, that has, you know, has much more in it. And hopefully, Indian will follow suit to allow you to have a choice. Then, yeah, I'm going to double check on that, but I'm I'm pretty sure it said that that was now standard equipment on the Roadmaster and optional on the Chieftain. Okay. So now, to me, as someone who doesn't want that, that's a problem, right? You know, like if I, if I'm looking at the Roadmaster, thinking, "Yeah, this is my bike," and now they've shoved this giant screen in the middle, all of a sudden that bike's off the list for me, just like that. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. So yeah, it's not for everyone. So okay. So so since we are talking Harley, yeah. Oh wait, I we didn't it, uh, we didn't talk much about Victory though. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> they've got some cool colors for 2017. Well, we can listen. To, we can point everybody to the, the Throttle Podcast. That's right. You guys talked about it more in detail than we are. That's right. So, I mean, I know they're talking to you. I know that from the show, listening to it, they got rid of your um, eight ball in the, was it cross country? Yeah, the cross country eight ball seems to be gone. And if I'm not mistaken, it looks like the prices might have inched up a tad as well. Yeah. But, you know, kind of, I know these are talking to you, but this is kind of like, in my opinion, these would be replacing your deuce. The victory? Yeah, the, I mean, kind of, I know the, the, I know it's more of a touring bike. Yeah. But I could say that this is the, you know, loud V twin. This is you know, a touring bike, kind of semi touring for you, cruiser mix. Yeah, I I would see that if if I sat here right now and said if you're going to go replace something, yeah, then I'd say sure, go replace your Harley and drop it on the Victory. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. if I get if I get a Magnum or cross country, the Victory or the Deuce would probably be a trade in. The the FJ, I would think that you'd want to maybe possibility in my how I look at you, give you my opinion would be, yeah, go down and buy it if you when you come up with a scratch, and and keep the deuce and mm-hmm. see what happens because you might not like it as much, you know, running around town, run run down to the local store. You might want to get back on the Harley, and you'll be missing it because it's not the cruiser, it's right. a more sport touring bike. Right, but but when you get to go like on a long trip, you're like, I want to take the FJ because it's more comfortable for me. Yeah, or if I want to go up into the mountains, so it's like a long trip, and I'm right. going to hit some twisties. Yeah, right. that's FJ all day. Right, but if you run around town, you want the Harley. You want to be, you want to be the Harley man. Well, it's you know this is a hotly contested topic, but the the sound to me is a little bit. Let me not say safety feature, but it's it's another tool in your arsenal of trying not to get run over. Right. 
Let's say that. I, I understand that. And, and I did have learned something with that on the fact, and I know I don't have very loud exhaust in the spider, but I have realized that when I start going by people, I kind of, you know, twist the throttle a little bit so they hear it might me coming. <laughs> and I try to get past people as fast as possible. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be in the blind spot. I don't mess around and I hate when people get in the blind spot on me. Yeah. So that's that's where I was going with that. So yeah, I mean, you guys from Kevin and, and from Throttle, you did talk about this. So I, I heard there's some maybe new news on Harley. Yeah, there's some speculation. Pretty strong leak on possibly a new engine for Harley. In what, five years? No, they're actually saying this year. So we'll, we'll see the 2017s here this month, or in August, sorry. Um, we're going we're gonna to see the new Harleys. That's the Harley New Year. So the rumor is um, 107 cubic inch Milwaukee 8 engine is the next bound for the big touring bikes. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? You know, when I first saw it, I was all giddy because, of course, it's a leak and it's like, ooh, it's like, yeah, hey, we're getting something we're not supposed to have. But then the more I read it and the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, no, they're, I guess they're due. Some some people would say they're due for another engine. Others would say, no, look at some of the older engines went much longer than the 17 or 18 years we're on now with a twin cam. But I think it's time. They've got to keep moving this forward. Missions keep getting tighter. Um, and plus, you know, Indian with their 111 Thunderstroke, you know, they got to keep pace with stuff like that. Right. And Victory's making a crazy amount of power with their 106. So, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel it was just time. You know, like I said, when I first saw it, I was kind of giddy. And then as I thought about it, I'm like, no, I guess it's just time for the next evolution of their V-Twin. You know, talking about 106, we should give our shout out to Mr. A- our Patreon that's currently listening to our live stream. Yeah, I thought he was going to pipe up when I said that if I got a Magnum that I would trade in the deuce because <laughs> he rides a victory. <laughs> yeah, he's not saying anything. He's awful quiet. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's taking a snooze. Maybe I put him to sleep. Well, if we did, we're sorry, buddy. Let me drink some more beer. We'll get it more lively in here. <laughs> <laughs> he's behaving, he says. All right, sir. <laughs> so, uh... So yeah, uh, rumors are, like I said, 107 cubic inch is where it's going to start with variants of 114 inch coming and talk of 131 cubic inch on the horizon. So that could be some pretty big twins uh, coming up for Harley. Now, the interesting thing is the the valve train. Um, It seems to be four valves, which I'm guessing that's where the Milwaukee 8 comes from. And the way the valves are actuated is slightly different. Um, than what they're talking about here. And there was some talk in this article about possibly valve adjustments. I'm not a fan of that. Oh, no, no, no. That that should be long gone. Yeah. Because that's one thing I, I, I like about, you know, hydraulic lifters and, you know, push rod engines in general with that setup is there's no adjustment. You set them and, and it's done. Right. So there was some talk of that. I don't I don't know if that'll make the final design, but but we'll see. You know, that'll just be another maintenance thing. You know, when you go in for your, your service, that'll just be another thing they do. Right. So I guess the other interesting thing will be if they're going to do any additional cooling and if that'll be done via oil or water. That kind of remains to be seen. Okay. Well, I could do a mix because I know there's currently some, well, no, some of the, they have a new engine out that does have water cooled. Well, they have water cooled heads, right, in the big, the big touring right. bikes. So it's only, only running water through the heads, not the whole engine. Um, and probably could have the same setup here. I'm sure they'll have the same possible water-cooled head setup. But I, I'd like to see them do something on the touring bikes with some more oil cooling. You know, Victory and I think Indian both have pretty substantial oil coolers set up on the bike. I'd like to see Harley send that stock, especially for us riding here in the south. You know, it would be nice to have some additional engine cooling other than just the air over the fins. Yeah, um, Mr. Anderson replied he read the same twice adjustment with less room to do it. Well, yeah, that's the problem is you're going to have all this adjustment going on on the top of these cylinder heads, but there's not much room between that and the tank. So, you know, at least on some other bikes, you know, sport bikes or even the KLR, I have to adjust those valves. Well, I take that back. The KLR got to remove the tank to adjust the valve. So, 
it's right. a pretty big project. And I think I think I have to adjust valves on the spider at certain mile points as well. Yeah, I think the spider has to be adjusted. And I'm pretty sure Ducatis have that as well. I think they've got an adjustment cycle. Right. Most of them. So I don't know. We'll see. But my guess is we're going to know in less than a month when the new bikes get released. Right. Which will be cool. And I think this is this is a direct uh, response as well to what Indian's doing. You know, they're seeing that Indian is coming, so Harley can't be sitting around sleeping. And their sales are down too, so makes it even worse. Yeah, victory. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so, uh, so since we're on a Harley talk, you got something sent to you? Oh man, this is so cool. So Harley sent this paper model of the Dyna Lowrider S. All right. Which now on the surface that might sound kind of tacky. Until you look at the package, it is phenomenal. So, I got to count the pages. I have it right here in front of me. All right. Well, while you're counting, did Bryce get to play with it? Not yet. We haven't put it together yet. So, one, two, three, four, five full sheets of realistic, like photorealistic paper cutouts. Okay. And when you're done putting this whole thing together, you have a paper model that looks pretty dang close to the Lowrider S. All right. I thought it was just the coolest thing. Came in the mail the other day and it was like, you know, do not bend or whatever. And it was a big package. It didn't even, the return address didn't even say Harley. It just had like a address. Okay. And I cracked it open. I'm like, this is one of the coolest things I've seen from, you know, in terms of like marketing material in quite a long time. And they've got a nice set of instructions here to put it all together. And so I'm going to do it with the kids you know, for the show. We'll set up like a time-lapse camera and, and we'll sit down, we'll put it together and then we'll take some pictures of it when we're done. It, it looks really cool. And I, you know, my hat's off to Harley for doing stuff like that. All right. Well, good. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to see that. And I think the boys would really have fun doing that. I don't get anything in the mail from Victory. Hint, hint, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I do have to admit that that you know Harley does keep uh, try to you know push you towards them. I mean, oh, they've got they've got it with the marketing, don't they? Yeah, I mean, not trying to go on. I know I've talked about other dealers or Harley and stuff, and you know I'm not you know I'm not sold on the Harley and anything. But um, yeah, with the you know just doing the classes, the the renting of the bikes. I mean, just the communication they put out i mean it's pretty awesome i think they do a good job and it'd be nice if some of the other manufacturers would start doing the same thing and let people get on the bikes because they might increase their sales then so well i will tell you straight up that the reason i ended up with my deuce is because of the rental program yeah and i and i can see a lot of people doing that um just because of what they did i mean i didn't get to ride a spider because i you know, didn't have my endorsement long enough. And yeah. plus the day I went, it was raining, you know, so you buy it. And the first time you get to ride is when you take it home. Yeah. So, so it's kind of one of those washes. And then I know they do demo trucks, but yet when did they come around and the, they had one in early April here at the end of April, I think it was, but still you had to have endorsement and all these things. And, yeah. and I understand that, but it's kind of like one of these things of, well, how do you, what do you do? You got to figure out sometime. Well, a demo truck though, to me, a demo truck is a taste, but it's not enough. Okay. And, and I think I've talked about it before, but I'll, I'll tell you why. So I've ridden the street glide several times during demo days. Right. And I never had any qualms with it. I always thought it was a, you know, pretty well sorted touring bike. Didn't really have any big beefs about it. Uh, same thing with the Road King. I've ridden that at demo days and, you know, the Fat Boy and, and on and on. I've ridden almost everything from the Harley fleet right. during demo time until I took that street glide up to the mountains and put a day on it. I didn't really, you know, I, I couldn't really say whether I wanted it or not. And that's what I did with the Deuce. I rented it several times. Um, right. Doing long rides, doing multi day rides, you know, a couple hundred miles in the saddle each day. And that's when I figured out that okay, yeah, the Deuce was not only a bike that I wanted, but I could ride it the way I wanted to ride it. 
And, you know, with a 30 minute demo day ride, you're not going to figure that out. Right. Yeah. Unless that, you don't care true. if you're just going to buy bike X, Y, and Z anyway, then it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> I hear you. But yeah, that's, I I, that's what people are missing. And, you know, I'll say it again for victory and Indian. They, they're going to need to have a rental program because, well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, maybe not. Indian is selling a lot of bikes without it, but I'm kind of that way with the victory now. I'd like to take a Magnum for the day and go through the mountains and just kind of thrash it. You know, the, the way we did with the street glide. And I don't mean thrash it, but just, you know, put 300 miles on it. See how I feel. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to figure out. I mean, if you're going to drop, you know, twenty to $30,000, you need to see if this is really what you want to spend your money on. Yeah. Now, now I know that we don't get into much of gear talk, but uh, I hear there's a little rumor that there's not going to be a Scully helmet. Y- yeah, it's it's funny. This was kind of sad because in the last couple of weeks, I'm I'm shopping for a new helmet, like seriously yeah. shopping for a new helmet that I'm I'm going to purchase one probably in the next two to three weeks. Yeah, what you going to get? Um, I'm not sure, but after I get it, I'll have something exciting to talk about. But for now, okay. let's just say I'm shopping for a helmet. Okay. And I kind of teetered with the idea of the Scully. I was like, you know, it's expensive, but you know, why not try it? Get in that first group of people that, that get the Scully, see how it works, give feedback to the company, you know, understand that, it's probably only one generation off of a prototype and just give it a go. I was like, why not? And I really right. considered it pretty strongly. And then I read this article that, well, the company's probably done. So, yeah. I mean, they did that uh, heads up display unit in the helmets and, you know, they've invested, they raised in a, looks like a crowdfund campaign. It raised $2.4 million and nearly 2,000 people invested and in exchange for a promise of receiving a helmet. and. Hopefully they, I hope they get their money back. It's going to suck if they don't or something because they're not getting anything out of the deal now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. A couple of different articles I read. Um, we'll put a couple links in the show notes, but one said that the, the founders or the CEOs were ousted. And then I saw another one saying that they've ceased operations altogether. So right. that probably spells the end of, at least as Scully as we know it, you know, maybe, Somebody will buy the tech and, and re-release it, but at least, you know, Scully, as we know, it seems like it, it may be done. Right. That's kind of sad, but yeah, it been kind of cool to see the tech. And, and I know you guys talked in previous shows and kind of going back, not talking about having some type of tech on the on bikes and you guys kind of disagreed, so that you wouldn't want it. I would honestly say it'd be nice with me, I think, and would... I would like to see at least the blind spot on the side lights up a little bit. Nothing like, nothing, you know, just a little warning. Hey, there's a car over there. Right. Not saying that's dependable, but yeah, it'd be kind of nice just to kind of like, is something. So, yeah. And you know what? In terms of that article, um, both of those were on RevZilla. And I just, I want to give them some props. They've been hitting it lately with the information. Yeah, they have. So, RevZilla, you guys are, guys and gals are killing it. I did buy something for a spider from them t- yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I bought an Airhawk R seat cushion. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, Tell so me. To, no, no. I'm just saying. I, have, I haven't gotten it yet. I'm just, oh, you haven't gotten it yet. Okay. okay. No, no, no. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see. You know, Matthew has one. He took it to the mountains, and I went riding last Sunday, and it was kind of a little rough riding. Mm. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. You know, they have a, you know... 60 gay guarantee. If you don't double your miles, they'll give you your money back. So I'll see how it works out. I know you had no, <laughs> I, I know you didn't have good luck with it. I'll see how it works out. Wait, double your mileage. You did a thousand mile weekend. So if you can't do 2000, <laughs> they're going to give me your money back. <laughs> hey, I don't know. On, on Sunday, last Sunday, I only did like 200 and I was done. I was like, I'm done. Oh, I got home funny. and I was like, I'm done. That is too funny. I'm ready to get off this thing. I was sore and I was hurting. So anyways, we should, um, anything new coming up for our events this coming up anytime soon, Rich? There's a lot going on in Charlotte this weekend and I have to work Friday night and some of Saturday. And of course Mm -hmm. that'll go into Sunday if it doesn't go well, but it sucks. Yeah. 
Eh, it's the life of, of IT, I guess. But the flat track racing is Saturday night. That's right. Which is really cool, something I've been wanting to see for a while. But I also found out a couple of days ago, Harley demo rides all weekend at the Speedway. Ooh. So I'm like, no kidding. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. If work goes well on Saturday and I can swing it, the racing is an evening. I think it's from like six to nine or six to 10 or something like that. I may try to hit the flat track racing on Saturday night. And if not, worst case scenario, maybe I'll just hit the speedway Sunday morning and try to ride a bike or two. Oh, that'd be cool. What would you want to go ride? That'd be cool. I uh, still, well, the, the paper model still want to ride the, the lowrider S. <laughs> okay. Cause you know, in terms of, uh, like another Harley that I would buy, like if I did, let's say I didn't have the deuce, this, this would definitely be on my list. This one in that pro street breakout as well. So I want to ride this and I will want to ride the new roadster as well. And maybe the road King give that another, another try okay. since it's been a while. All right. Well, yeah, you need to do that. That's kind of the idea. So, yeah, that's what's going on this weekend in Charlotte. And John and I, at least for the month of August during the challenge, we're going to try and try and record something every week. Okay. Yeah, we're going to try doing something. Try to do something, especially because we're going we're gonna to be sort of forced to ride every day. And, you know, maybe we'll pick up some news stories and, and banter that around. We, we might not see Rico for a couple of weeks. Might be closer to September. Before we see him, at least on a full-time show, um, he said he might join us for the downshift tonight. So, if you're a pa- if you're a patron, you may get to hear Rico on the the next downshift. But <laughs> it looks like he's not going to make fifty-one. Oh, dang it! Well, I know he's got a lot of priorities going on. I know he's a busy man these days. So, yeah, he just got back and he just pinged me. He's like, "You want me to call in?" I'm like, "Nah, we'll hit you for the downshift." All right. So August is going to be kind of busy. Then we'll have to recoup for September. And, and, and then you know what happens after September, right, my friend? Yes, indeed. The Barber Vintage Motorcycle Festival 2016. Now, is this the 12th annual? It is, my friend. It's October 7th through the 9th. 7th through the 9th. We've got our hotel locked. We're going. We're picking yep. up people as we go. Whoever wants to join us, <clears throat> Mr. Anderson. We're going to be about 60 people deep. We'll meet. No. <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably no. be just the three of us <laughs> no yeah 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 it's funny yeah we keep talking about all these people we're picking up and then we show up at barber with just three of us it'd be funny well keep people keep drive backing out of us i think uh you know i had uh mr nc stoney that was going to be in but he he uh has a wedding he has to hit up so he couldn't make it i mean i think he was seriously contemplating going and he'd been a cool guy to go do yeah we're talking about maybe doing a doing the moonshiner, the whole moonshiner, which is NC twenty eight that goes all the way from pretty much uh, Deals Gap all the way down into um, Walla, South Carolina. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it's like it goes through uh, North Carolina, Georgia, and South Carolina in the fall. I hope. Yeah, sometime I don't know. Maybe I haven't. We haven't knocked it down. Maybe like September, late October, early November. Okay. So so maybe do a kind of. Head out and do that, and that'd be kind of a, a kind of little fun little ride to do. Yes, indeed. So there's a lot of cool roads in the mountains that we need to hit. All right. So, well, anything else, my man? Before I shut it down here? No, I think we're good. We've hopefully everybody's enjoyed the show tonight, and uh, you know, Miss Enrico and Chapila. Well, hold on, we haven't closed it down officially yet, but. All right. I, I would like to formally thank our patrons as well for their continued support. Um, Marcus and Rickard are part of the first five uh, group. And speaking of that, there are three slots left for the first five. If you remember, we have a limited edition T-shirt that we're doing for this pledge level. And it's the same as the, the $5 level, except that we're taking the first five people and they will be part of the one and only first five. Uh, Mr. Anderson, who's been joining us on the live stream tonight, he is also riding his own. And as we talked about offline, the the rest of you are riding on the back. So if you'd like to ride your own, check out loudpipes.net slash donate and click on that Patreon image. Show notes and links for this episode can be found where, John? Uh, Loudpipes.net slash 51. Good man. 
In addition to that, you can send us feedback, subscribe to the show, check out our social media, all that stuff. And in honor of Rico, Shambilla. Kick stands up, Johnny. Yes. Yes, sir. Let's ride on out of here. All right. Thanks for joining, everyone. Take care. This has been an RW Studio production. Check us out at rdubstudios.com, iTunes, or Stitcher Radio.